0: Welcome back to the National Bank of Rwanda podcast. On this podcast, we speak to stakeholders within Rwanda's monetary policy. But most importantly, we also speak to the people making the headlines when it comes to policies that run the financial sector. In the country, we're talking banking, we're talking insurance, we're talking everything in between there. And today's conversation is around a topic that many of you are asking questions about, but most importantly, looking for the opportunities in that we're talking about climate change, if we're talking about green financing, what does this mean and what does it mean, most importantly, for the country, but also for you? Where can you plug in? Where are other opportunities? Now, without any further ado, I want to introduce our guest, Dr. Annie Wimana. She is the principal statistician at the National Bank of Rwanda. Thank you for making the time, Doctor. Thank you. The country has set a goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 38%. And that's by 2030. 2030 is about seven years from today. It has pledged to achieve a net zero emission by 2050. Some people may look at that as something very ambitious when you look at global targets. But also when you look at African targets, few of our peers have been able to set realistic targets. Now, where would you say Rwanda stands in the global fight against climate change?
1: Thank you for having me today. And I'm happy to talk about uh, this topic. It's a very interesting one. Nowadays, And uh, for the question where Rwanda stands nowadays regarding fighting climate change, I can see that Rwanda has been implementing a lot of uh, initiatives and uh, policies. We have like different ways where Rwanda has been investing. We have in renewable energy, hydroelectric power and solar energy. There is also uh, that for agricultural practices, like having uh, the use of climate resilient crop varieties. But also for waste management, we have a model landfill plan to replace the existing one in Duba, Uduba sector. And that landfill will convert organic waste into biogas and then into electricity and fertilizer for agriculture. The other thing that Rwanda is doing is uh, in green transport with the adoption of electric vehicles. The conversation is timely regarding the green transport and how it will operate. I'll come back to that.
0: What would you tell people who think that the National Bank of Rwanda, in being more proactive in tackling climate change, is overstepping its mandate to ensure price stability and a sound financial system?
1: Well, taking a proactive stance on climate change can be seen as a prudent approach for the NBR to safeguard long-term economic and financial well-being of the country. So here I can give you an example, a recent one that happened, floods. Flood events, for example, can disrupt the economic activity in the affected areas, so leading to decreased productivity from there, but also reducing the consumer spending. But also supply chain disruptions can happen because of that. So Central Bank and NBR in particular is responsible for formulating monetary policy, as we all know, to support the economic growth and stability. So now when we understand the consequences of that flood and take that event, incorporate that in our economic modelling, that will help the monetary policy itself, will will incorporate that in their policies. And that will be something that will help them to know what will be the impact of that flood, let's say, on inflation, on employment, but also on economic growth. If you could break it
0: down, like I'm a five-year-old, what do you mean by, you know, integrating things like climate change and flooding into uh, the economic modelling that's the central bank and the Ministry of finance come up
1: with? Let me break it down a little bit. So uh, we had those areas which have been affected by the floods. So let's say there are some banks there. There are some infrastructures there. So it's, uh, on a sudden, there is no banks there. And yet the central bank is there to monitor the commercial Mm -hmm. banks, but also making sure that the financial system is stable. So if there are people who had, let's say, mortgages or loans from those particular banks at that specific area, there would be some loan defaults, and uh, that would destabilize the financial system of uh, that area. That's one example. But let's also take an example in agriculture. So there are some crops which disappeared automatically. So if there are some crops they had impacted by the flood, then that crops, the prices will go higher. And maybe there will be scarcity in that product. So prices on the market will be high. And yet the central bank will be there to try to stabilize the prices, the inflation, what we call the inflation on the economy.
0: So basically what you're saying is if the central bank is able to tackle this hands on and look at it ahead of time, it enables predicting potentially what could go wrong by uh, you guys uh, being part of the conversations on the climate change. Then it enables you to mitigate the cost.
1: Exactly. Not only the cost, but what we do in the central bank, taking that impact, we will like estimate the impact of the flood okay. on the agriculture, on the transport, on everything there. Then the monetary policy is there to put the policy on the central bank rate. So knowing the stance or the decision to make, because of the information that it has about the economy activity of the country, Taking that scenario of the flood, knowing what have been impacted by the flood, we incorporate that in our models, that model saying that we are projecting in, uh, let's say, in the next quarter, what will happen to the economy that will help the today monetary policy to know how to set those central bank rates. When, you know, you are able to come up with these stats or are able
0: to mitigate these risks, one we're seeing other African countries, something Rwanda has been good at getting ahead of, which is, you know, issuers of bonds. We've seen some few African countries as part of their climate mitigation factors or the way they are tackling it. Is they're issuing things like green bonds that are very specific to this sector. Is that something on the horizon for the National Bank of Rwanda?
1: I think that uh, the National Bank of Rwanda is taking also different initiatives, taking, for example, the one that I was talking about, incorporating the climate change in our modeling, but also, like you are saying, in um, investing in green bonds, green investment. I'm not sure that uh, BNR is already there, but that could be one of the possibilities. Yeah. Do you see it happening in the future? Or yes, it can. Personally, would you advocate for it? Yes, I could. Why? Because I know that when we are seeing that climate change, everyone has his own responsibility to fight against uh, climate change. So let's say that you have that project, a green project. So why not a bank would invest in other projects and then left the green one? Because at the end, the green project will be the one that will benefit more, not only for us, but also for the generation to come. So I would advocate for that.
0: Why do you think that players in the sector are still shying away from investment in green projects?
1: It's kind of a new area of investment so people are not yet comfortable and they are not seeing already like returns coming from others who did the same. So they are, they are reluctant to that. But I know that in the future, they will see that that's the best option coming forward. Let's go
0: back to the green gas emissions, right? We mentioned that figure, 38% reduction by 2030. No, if we were to look at the different let forms of climate change, or if we could say classifying climate change. What's the different impact of climate change on the economy? How would you classify that?
1: Okay, it has a different way of classifying that. Let's start with the economic sector, economic part of it. Again, I can come back to the agriculture sector because we know that there is one study done by the World Bank in 2021 and they were like, picturing the climate risks of each country. So for the Rwandans, they tried to come up with some figures that are the Martian from the results coming from that particular study. Okay. So they say that agriculture sector is a critical one for the economy of Rwanda, but also for food security. Mm. So that's one. The second thing is that it employs over 70% or, or, or of, the, of, one of the, economy. the working population okay. in Rwanda. And again... With the land that, that's there for cultivation, you have 51%. That's only for agriculture. That's arable land. Yes, arable land. Yeah. To mean that, 73% of which is, is just used to grow crops, and the other 27 for livestock. Okay. So looking at that figure, and we know that Rwandan agriculture depends on the weather. So you can imagine how much the risk is. So climate change affecting Agriculture, particularly in agriculture in Rwanda, because that's the area where we can focus on, since we are looking at food security, for example, we could see that we are at risk. At the same time, let's say that we have heat waves or unusual climate events, we automatically see the economy of Rwanda depending on that. So that's one point that I can mention here.
0: As I can say, as a person who has tried to practice farming, that the weather has not been the most favourable. It's too hot, or at times it also gets too rainy. And that brings me to the question that so many other people seem to be asking, right? Mm. From the other side of the coin, people feel like we are overreacting to climate change. Do you think we are?
1: I don't think that we are. When climate change started, we were not aware. We see, oh, it's very hot today. We don't know what is happening. But nowadays, people are conscious. That it's not only an event of a day or of a week. It's something that is there and to stay. So if we are not taking a proactive way of fighting that climate change, then we'll find ourselves in a way, in a situation where we are overfed with the climate change. I don't think that uh, it's uh, it's overreacting on uh, climate change issues. It's the time for it. This is the time to look at it seriously.
0: I was reading something in the past two days, an article that came out and said the month of June of this year has been the hottest month in 122 years, and it says July is also going to be a hotter month than June, and that's globally. So I want you to marry this in uh, relation to what you talked about, touched a little bit uh, in the beginning, how climate change affects prices, and how does the warming of the climate? Affects uh, the National Bank of Rwanda's ability to maintain price stability. So, basically, how does the central bank and its primary role, how is it engaged or why is it important when it comes to climate change factors?
1: So, I was uh, talking about agriculture that one side, how it can affect price. So, that crop is uh, hit with the event, with climate event, then it's rare and the prices are going up. But not only that, Let's look at the insurance sector. So those people who are living in, uh, in that area that's prone to climate uh, events, so they will have uh, those uh, problems. Let's say the houses are down, everything there. If they have that insurance, the claims are going to be hard. So if the claims are there and then it's higher than what the insurance company has maybe provided or projected to that particular year, then that's going to be a problem.
0: Uh, how does uh, insurance paying back affect uh, the stability of the economy?
1: Okay, so we have increasing frequency. Let's just take an example of a flood. So we have increasing frequency of that flood, and it's severe. It's coming severe. So then that will result in higher insurance in that particular, maybe let's say regional part of where, where we have that flood. That's one. You agree? Number two, Number two. <laughs> <laughs> that will affect the premiums. So let's say those people, they have claims. So the
0: insurance company. The insurance company.
1: If the insurance company itself did not incorporate in their analysis that that particular part, it has like a, its prone to climate change, then they will have a problem with paying back. Isn't it? Yeah, okay, it there is. There will be a lot of people coming and... Anything that, they should factor it in. Uh huh. They should, <laughs> but we don't know if they, they do. Okay. Nowadays, so coming back to NBR, okay. NBR is there to monitor all of those uh, financial sectors okay. in the country. If the insurance companies they get like uh, default on the claims, they don't have money to pay back, then that will come back again to NBR. How they will regulate that to make sure that both the insurance companies but also the clients will be at the same level of uh, being satisfied. Another thing that we talked about a little bit is a physical risk. Okay. So damage for uh, climate-related events can lead to financial loss for businesses, isn't it? And individuals as well. And it will affect their assets. So those assets being affected, if it was on loan, the repayment would be a problem. Again, maybe the last one, long economic uh, resilience. Mm. So we know that the Rwandan economy is growing fast. And we know that we have been resilient to many of the shocks that have been happening, be it COVID, even climate change and all things that have been happening uh, recently. How are we going to keep that resilience? So let's say that we have that climate change uh, coming again, the the events happening a lot of time. That will influence the long-term economic uh, resilience, affecting the economic growth potential. So if we had that the northern province, maybe growing crops, then it has been affected. Then it will affect the whole economy. So that if the economy is affected, and yet uh, the, the the central bank is there to monitor, uh, then it will be a problem. Even the Ministry of Economy. So that will be a problem. The, that's why and where the central bank should intervene and know that that problem comes.
0: There's also another mandate that the central bank has, which is you know to maintain a sound financial system. First of all, when someone says sound financial system, what does that mean to our listeners? And two, how does climate change affect financial stability?
1: So what is financial system? It refers to a stable and resilient framework of a financial institution market and infrastructures that can efficiently allocate capital, manage risk, and also support the economic growth. Now, what is, uh, like, uh, how can that affect financial stability? Climate change can have significant implications, let's say posing both physical and transitional risk to the financial system. I will give an example here. If a bank has a significant portfolio of mortgages mm-hmm. okay, on properties, I keep coming going uh, that example flood, because yeah. the one that recently happened. Now, a rise in flood-related damages could increase mortgage default and impact the bank's uh, financial uh, health. That's obvious. Does
0: it look as obvious?
1: But then, again, uh, if I can come back to, to how uh, on this side, the other question that came before that, we can see that when we have the climate change event that is happening, there is also another thing that we should do, like an adaptation to it. So I think in our countries, not that severe, but in other countries, Western countries, if there is a heat wave, they will need those... Um, I see. 30s. Okay. And the cost for that will mm-hmm. come from the economy of the country. Uh, the AC companies are happy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. More jobs that's are created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, but there is some money that it should pay. The government shouldn't react to that. And getting funds, those uh, ACs, will be maybe uh, very expensive. But climate change can also have a problem with productivity. Uh, let's say tours. Depending on the event that is happening, tourism can be affected. And you know that in our country, in the, our economy, tourism is that sector that is leading our economy. Yeah.
0: But the role that banks play in the transition towards a great economy, how is the National Bank of Rwanda supporting them as a supervisor?
1: Okay, uh, the National Bank of Rwanda provides guidance in what we're seeing like uh, telling to banks to do, how do you call that, stress Test. banks should incorporate, as we we're saying, incorporate those uh, information about prone areas to climate change in their, in, their, in their businesses. They shouldn't do any analysis without incorporating uh, climate change events. So that's one thing that, uh, as a supervisor, the National Bank of Rwanda is telling to give guidance, but also best practices. So if the National Bank of Rwanda, before uh, maybe um, announcing what is coming from the monetary policy decision, if they incorporate uh, those climate change events in their modeling, that's the same way commercial banks
0: they should follow. Is it? They should follow. They've shown us that they don't usually follow. When the CBR is dropped, they, they, you know, they say this doesn't <laughs> work with us. So uh, what, what should we counter early? Yeah, especially now that climate change is here with us, that they will actually follow suit.
1: Okay, I think that's different. When we are in the central bank... You're being uh, kind. Yeah, when <laughs> the National Bank of Rwanda is setting the, the, the central bank rate, commercial banks doesn't follow at the same pace. That's mm. right. Yeah. But that one is a very broad to because it comes with how our economy... Is. Mm. So it's not a factor of only one thing, like the transmission mechanism is not the same as what we are talking about in um, climate change. Climate change is another thing, and it's more severe than any, anything else. So it will affect them, themselves, as banks, as we were saying about mortgages, repaying back, the loan default, all those things. It will affect them directly. I don't think that they should uh, keep that aside and say if the central bank is doing that, it's not our business. Let's just continue uh, the way we, we were doing I don't think that would be wise enough.
0: You're listening to a podcast by the National Bank of Rwanda and we're speaking to Dr. Annie Uwimana. She is the principal statistician at the National Bank of Rwanda. Dr. Annie, what do you study to become a statistician?
1: Oh, what have I studied? Yeah.
0: Okay. I still have a dream of being one. What do I need to study?
1: (laughs) Okay, good question. Okay, I studied uh, applied statistics in undergraduate. And uh, in master's I did uh, statistics with computer applications. And then for my PhD, I did mathematical statistics. So everything so, about yeah. numbers, analysis, I'm there. Uh, so many people don't like, you know,
0: additional math, the plus, minus, uh, you know, cosine, sine, <laughs> integers. Actually. No, no, no. Do you read books? Yeah. People love numbers, don't really like reading books.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think so. Mm-hmm, I don't agree. I read books and I love them. I usually love books related to psychology and parenting. Okay. But also some books that um, help me to reflect on myself. Like currently, mm-hmm. I'm reading a book on emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I would like to know myself, like, and how I can- Why must you? A doctor,
0: someone at you not know, doctorate level knows themselves. You woke up and decided to go and study three degrees.
1: No, no, no. I think it's two different things. Mm. Of course, when you are, let's say, uh, having those levels, the education levels that you're talking about, you're like having this science. It's about science. What you learn in school, how you can compute things, how you can be innovative, depending on the, any, any problem that's there that you can solve. But then uh, coming back to yourself, it's another thing. So you, I would like to know myself, but know my limitations, my strengths and how I can measure that and know know myself better. You, you want to measure? I know myself. You want to <laughs> measure?
0: How much you know yourself. Thank you for making the time, doctor.
1: Thank you, too.
0: That was Dr. Annie Uwimana. She is the principal statistician at the National Bank of Rwanda. Loves her mathematics, but still reading books on emotional intelligence. You've been listening to a podcast brought to you by the National Bank of Rwanda. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow us at Rwanda Central Bank across all social media platforms we are on tiktok as well please follow that uh, tiktok handle have a great day